Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined on the show this week by Corinne Cantor, who's our head of consulting. Hey, Corinne. Hey, Dom. How are you? Yeah, really good. I've, I've got a question that's kind of come up for myself recently, and I guess it's coming up more and more as technology develops, and that's around remote coaching and remote debriefing. So, you know, these days people are trying to cut down travel, trying to, you know, use technology more, all that kind of stuff. And so I just want to get your thoughts and have a bit of a chat around, you know, when would you use remote debriefing versus maybe when it's not appropriate and then kind of how to do it if we're going to do it, that kind of stuff. Are you up for that chat? Sure. I want to make a distinction between remote debriefing and remote coaching. Mm, Okay. I think we'll treat them separately for now because you could have there's a situation where someone's been debriefed in person and Mm. then you're following up. And you're coaching after. So this is they've already got their they've LSI, got their, lifestyles inventory results yep. or, or yep. impact or whatever. Yep. Yep. And then you are following up, you know, maybe they got their, their data wherever you were and then but mm-hmm. they live somewhere else. So I think there's mm-hmm. there's follow up coaching. And then there's debriefing when it's through a video conference or I think it's mostly through Zoom or Skype or these days, but it yep. used to be sort of phone as well. And I think that the different situations mm-hmm. because in the remote coaching, once they've met you, they've had their their debrief, the surprise element mm. of anything that might show up in their profile isn't going to be there because they've they've been debriefed. Right. So you did that in person the first time. You did one. it in yeah. person. Yeah. So let's talk about debriefing uh you know via distance first. Mm. The mm. first thing that I'd have to say is from our perspective as a business, we really encourage people to pull out all stops to try and debrief somebody in person. Yeah. And the reason for that is that getting feedback can be difficult, can be difficult. It can be great. It can be an affirming experience as mm. well, but it can be difficult. And sometimes people aren't prepared mm. for the data that they get or the the feedback that they get, and it can be very confronting. Mm. Now, I think that when you're in a room with someone, Mm. there is a, you've got a a better chance of being kind of create and hold a space for that person to go through that, that shock or that disappointment. There's something in the in interpersonal resonance of actually being with someone. Literally being alongside someone. Literally being alongside yeah. someone where they can feel that you are with them. I think, and I know that many of our practitioners debrief virtually as, as well. So I think we've got to think differently about how we debrief somebody through distance. So our first principle is face-to-face. And if you absolutely have tried everything you can't do it and you've got to do a distance debriefing. So somebody getting debriefed for the first time, mm. then here's my suggestions. My learning is how do we set somebody up for success? Yep. And and me too. How do I set myself up? How do I set my client up who's going to receive the data? Now, if you don't know them, if you've never met them, then one of the things that I think is good is don't wait till the debrief to actually connect with them. Uh. 
give them a call, do a video con beforehand and, you know, 30 minutes would be enough and just reach out to them. Even before that, I would reach out to them and say, hi, we're going to be working together, doing a debrief. This is the process that I'd like to suggest. Let's connect. And in that connection, that VC, um, that first connection, is you're just really getting to know them. That's about rapport building. Uh-huh. It's really about, you know, who are they? What's important to them? What's happening in their world? What are their challenges? What are their opportunities? What do they want to get from the debriefing process? So it's, yeah. it's kind of what we would do in a setup of a, the debriefing session. But if you're going to do this remotely, I'd connect first. Yeah. Because I think then when you come to the debrief, you've already had a connection. You've got some rapport happening and you have you know something about that person. You can check in with them around things of, you know, what's happening and how's this and how's that. So mm. I think it's easier for them and easier for you as a debriefer practitioner if you've had some connection with right. them. Right, already established a bit of already relationship. Already established, yeah. Yeah. And then it's not, you know, when it comes to debriefing, they're not meeting you for the first time. Yeah. You know, they're not going through telling you their story for the first time. Yeah. So it's a bit of, you know, doing some of that beforehand, two weeks ahead of time, you know, beforehand. I've even done two lots of 30, rapport building one, second might be goal Uh setting, what are you after? what's working, what's not working. So decide, negotiate, you know, ask them what would work for them. But mm. I've done two. I've done that via phone and I've done it via the video. VC. I yep. do mainly Zoom now. I think it is possible with good video conference that you can still get the micro cues and the micro expressions even though you're not in the room. Yeah. The other thing that I would do in setting up is you've had the discussions, the connection. The other thing that I would do is send an email and say, this is what you'll need to get ready. Okay. So you'll need to be in front of your laptop in a private room, mm-hmm. no distractions. Yeah, not just in the open plan office Not in the open headphones. plan yeah. followed with your headphones. And also, if you're at home, make sure that you're able, kids are looked after, you're able to actually have that time Mm. to focus on you. And after the session, if you're at work, allow 30 minutes or an hour, if you can, before you need to do any more meetings. Mm. Okay. So kind of a list of instructions slash suggestions around how, what they're going to need. I ask them to have their email closed, but ready to go because I don't mm. send the report until we're ready to discuss the report. Mm. Okay, so so we're saying build some rapport beforehand and stuff. Yeah. And I know sometimes I've done it where I was doing like a group introduction workshop, which I've done with them, and then maybe it's a remote sitting. I debrief some people in person, but this person couldn't do it because they were traveling that day or whatever. And so I've done it with them. So that's another way of building some of that, that rapport as well. But then when we go to do the thing, so it's getting them set up, yeah. yeah, so they've got their computer sitting there, but you don't send their LSI report. Is there anything you do send beforehand? Yeah, yeah I do. So uh, in that list of email or conversation, so mm. usually if I'm, I'll have the conversation, this is what I'm going to do, Yeah, and send an email, this is what we talked about. So the things that I will make sure they have are the materials that we would use. So that might be the self-development guide, it might be the mm-hmm. profile summary cards mm-hmm. and the 
one-pager LSI. So I make Uh sure that they have all of those things. All the supporting documents and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. And then and make sure that they're ready on the day when I have to debrief. I might text them. So I make sure I've got their mobile. I've got all their contact details. I might, you know, the morning say we're going to be right to go. Uh Okay. Just make sure that they're right to go and then make sure that we're both ready to go when it comes. So when it comes in from my end, what I will have ready is I'll have an email open with their name on it that'll have a PDF of their LSI 1 and their LSI 2 report. Uh But they won't have that and I won't send it Uh until we've done some discussion of it. Okay. So do you, during the debrief then, are you like screen sharing that? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So what I do during the debrief is I do exactly the same practice. So Dom, you know, if earlier we had a discussion where you said that one of the things that you'd really like to get out of this is the ability to get some feedback about how you're doing in terms of your leadership as a coach. Yep. And so, you know, so we might reconnect using what we talked about. Mm. So, and I always say to people, this is what we're going to do this session. I'm going to explain a bit about the tool. The other thing that I will have done is talked about the tool in one of those pre-sessions, find out how much they know, Mm. why are they doing it, Mm. you know, they're doing it because they were told that they had to because it's a program or, you know, get all of that up front. So then I'll just do a quick refresher Mm. on the tool and the LSI one because sometimes they've only taken away that it's blue, red and green. So, you know, go through the same process. When it comes to looking at the reward, so looking at confidentiality, all the things that we would do, it's your report. Mm -hmm. If somebody else knows about it, it's because, you know, you will have chosen to share it with them. It doesn't go on any far. All all that stuff. We talk about reactions to Which is all normal debrief stuff. All normal debrief stuff. And I would have also asked them in the pre-calls, if they've done 360, Mm. what kind of feedback have you had? Mm. What was the most useful feedback you ever had? Mm. Because that tells you how they like to get feedback mm. and it tells you the insight, what they found useful. Mm. So I'll do that in the pre. And so when we come to doing the debrief, we've already done a lot of work and you've, you've established rapport. Then when it comes to actually showing the LSI one, first of all, I might get them, direct them to look at the, L- the one pager. Mm. So what do you think we're going to see? Mm. Exactly what we would do. Okay, and then I'll say, okay, I'm going to share my screen and show you how the feedback you've given yourself. Would you get them if they had the the profile supplement to, to draw it up and yep, stuff? Yeah, definitely. So if you've got your, you could have sent them, you can show them the, the scoring, raw scores. Uh-huh. raw scores, send them the supplement yeah. and then get them to draw it. I've done that as well. Yeah, yeah. I've done both <laughs> because yeah. um, different circumstances. So I've done one, so get that to do it. And I I did that because I wasn't sure it would work um, or how it would work Uh remotely, but it works exactly the same. Yeah. The thing I like about that is that sometimes I feel if you do the big reveal and just like show them certain places, it's like, bam, it's too much with the drawing and slow reveal, I think just, I don't know, there's something I like about that because they reflect and then, and often they'll comment, they'll be like, huh. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, and then you're yeah. like, okay, well, so there's something yeah. about you yeah. know, whatever style that was. Yeah, exactly. So you're kind of dribbling it through and uh-huh. they're thinking about it as they're doing it. They they usually talk out loud. They talk out loud, yeah. And so you pick up a lot Gives of things. You, so definitely yeah. if they haven't, the times when I've shown the report typically have been where 
it might be a retest. Mm-hmm. They've seen it before. They've, their comfort level is is higher. higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their awareness is is higher. So yes, definitely you could draw it exactly the same. Yeah, and then everything else is really the same as, as you would normal. do, mm-hmm. but you would. So what I do when I'm I'm debriefing in this way, and probably I do this when I'm debriefing generally. I I don't have one single way, but you know, typically I kind of have a funnel approach. So look at the circumplex. What do you see? Uh, okay. What What do you notice uh, about it? Get them talking about what stands out for them. Is if there's anything that's a surprise? So I just get them to look at the circumplex and say. What do you think? We'll see what they make it mean. Then from a funnel, so we start broad and then we'll start to funnel in in terms of, okay, let's have a look at a description. So self-development guide or open up the cards of the profile summary cards. Usually if it's remote, I'll use the book. Turn to this page. We've got, you know, you've been 75th percentile on the competitive. Have a look at this description and that description. See if there's anything there that resonates mm. with you. Mm. So I want them. I'm doing that because I the resource that they do have with them is the the book and the material. So I want them to start using, using it mm. while we're there and, and to show them that there's value in it. Uh-huh. The other reason I'm doing it is that I'm not explaining what a 75th percentile means. They're looking it up mm. and they're checking in with themselves whether they agree with it or not. Uh Then we have a discussion around that. And then, so we'll have a discussion around then, and then the third step for me is to go to the item by item level around competitive Uh and see how you scored yourself or how they scored you. Yeah, Yeah, it's interesting. So would you do that in a face-to-face debrief as well with the self-development guide? Yeah. Yeah, I use the profile summary cards more often. Okay, because they're a bit more compact and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also... There's something about physically pulling Sorting out them. the cards. Mm. So, but I would do one or the other. But if it's face to face, mostly I would use the cards. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of funneling in now. What else? Because yeah. I mean, and I, I so, guess. Yeah. So, and then what I do is I'd put. So, I, one of the things that I do is that. As much as an hour and a half or two hours sounds like a long time, uh, you goes can, quick. very quickly. <laughs> yeah. So when we look at the circumplex, I would say to them, "What are you curious about? What would you like to learn more? Learn more about uh-huh. what is it that you'd like to use this time to dive deeper uh-huh. into?" And so we try and identify. So I typically try and make the point of making sure that they know what's in the report. Uh-huh. They see it. So anything that is in the report we've covered so it doesn't look like, oh, we didn't cover it. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? But then we'll say, so I'll explain the table and then we'll go to the style that they're most interested in. Mm-hmm. Also, when I say style most interested in, it's also what interests you about the blue and look at mm-hmm. the blue that they've scored high and low in as well. Yeah. And then so that remains the same. Pretty normal, yep. Yeah. Yep, and then at the at the back of the book, of course, is the outcome items and all that. So yep. is that just as per, per per normal? Yeah, debrief process is as per normal. After we've gone, so one we've done the funnel for me. We've done the descriptions. At this stage in in the brief, I will send them the report. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to send you the report so that you can see how you've scored yourself against the questions or how uh-huh. you've been scored. And I'll do one. And then I'll send the two. Okay. So you just send. So once we've 
talked about the one, they've got the results for the one, then we'll kind of release that. Yeah. Talk about it some more. Yeah. Then we'll go into the LSI two, so yep. the feedback from others. I guess you repeat the process, get them to draw it up or, yep. or look at it, then send afterward. Yeah. Diving into it. And sometimes they're 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 flicking through stuff and I'll they might just say, Oh, can we go back to you know, page or I'm on this page and then I just go to that page and we look at it together on the screen. Uh-huh. So it's I've not had one where that screen becomes our mutual mutual yeah. connection yeah. that we're looking at. And then to so normal and then I'd normally in terms of but I will also will say with debriefs, I say our purpose here isn't to move to action. Uh-huh. So we're really just going to spend some time just unpacking the results together mm. and, you know, looking for an insight and yep. understanding. Yep. So at the end of it, I will normally say, what's top of mind for you? What's sitting with you mm. at the moment? What stands out? And get them to talk about that. And then we might talk about what they can do, so actions to do to deepen the awareness. Okay. Not so an like action to home, act. The homework or something. So read this. Check out the development check guide. This, listen to the podcast on on this perfectionistic, or, for yeah, instance. You know, watch so things to help them talk to if you're comfortable with talking to your leader or your peers or your director, I mean talk to them about uh-huh. the results. And we might talk about how they do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then confirm, okay, so we're going to meet another two weeks, this date, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so that's all pretty normal debrief stuff too. So, so you know, we typically do that in any debrief. One of the questions I have in the back of my mind, I think the thing that is perhaps, I don't know if worrying is the right word, but, you know, doing it remotely is what if someone takes it badly, mm. you know, or, or like it really hits a nerve for some reason, which, you know, from time to time it can. Because if we're in the same room, I don't know, I feel like I can support you better, but remote, you know, on the other side of the country maybe or wherever you are. In another country. In another country. Like there's something about that that I guess, so what do you do? Say say you hit a real nerve for whatever reason, the Mm. feedback hits a nerve for them. What should we be thinking about? What can we be doing if we're remote? I think that is the worry for most of us who are doing a debrief and we're not, not in the room and that's why we say be in the room. but. I think you'd probably try and do all the things that you would do if you were in the room, which mm. is stop. How are you doing? Mm. Have a drink of water. You know, what's going on for you so you could talk to them. If it's a really raw nerve and they've bit teary, all the normal things would happen. I think you'd do everything that you normally do, but I'd also check with them if there was anyone that, you know, could support them, uh-huh. they could reach out to, they want me to reach out for them. and uh-huh. you know. So you do all the same things and make sure that they've got supports to connect to. Uh-huh. If it's an organisation where it's part of a, a general program that they're doing, then before I do the debrief, I check in to see what supports would that. Is there an EAP or something? EAP. Uh-huh. And also, where is this person? Are they in an office? Have they got a team? Uh-huh. Who might be there to do a follow up and connect and check? So you do this, the same things. It is difficult. I, you know, I touch wood. There isn't any wood here to touch. I'll touch some granite. I haven't had a situation like that mm. where I've been, I felt that 
I couldn't. Uh-huh. You know, the person left or we left the debrief and it, I, I felt worried. But yeah. I would also cycle back. So I'd do that with somebody in a face-to-face debrief if if they were, you know, if it had an intense session or if I were concerned about them. And I do the same if they're, a, you know, a remote debrief. You know, how are you doing? Are you okay? Is there anything else that we can get? Mm. All the same thing. I'd like to check in with you at the end of the day. Would that be okay? Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's the stuff you do, I guess it's just being extra conscious of it because of that distance and because of that separation. Yeah. You just kind of, from what I'm hearing, you just got to put in a little more effort really around setting it up right, you know, doing the debrief pretty normal aside from releasing the report and yeah. only sending the support materials. Yeah. But otherwise, the debrief process is pretty similar. Yeah, I think so. That, that's that been my learning. Sometimes when you're in a room and if you've done a lot of them, there's a lot of kind of sometimes there might be some gaps that you can make up for because you're in the room. Uh. And whereas I just think you've got to slow the pace a bit more when they're uh. and you've got to really make sure that you've got a process uh. and that you've ticked off the things in that process because if you put yourselves in their position – they're going to be debriefed on how people see them, how mm. they see themselves. Mm. You don't know what's going on in their life. Mm. You don't know what's up for them. Mm-hmm. They don't know you. Mm. You know, so I always think, what would I need to feel comfortable? Yeah, if right. it was me, Put what would I need? Yeah. yeah, to feel comfortable with that. I had a thought and um, now it's gone. So we may just need to keep um, talking and hope. Must have been brilliant, I'm sure. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that's it for me. In, in the remote debriefs I've done, I too, touch wood, that wood maybe, <laughs> um, haven't had like a, a kind of dire situation or anything like that. But I think what's worked well, particularly kind of on your first point, was generally I already had some kind of relationship with them. So I'd met them, we had done a workshop maybe, and it was a debrief, but I'd already kind of done set up and stuff with them. And I think that helps a lot. I've done mm. some without that. It's more difficult. Just because you don't know someone, you don't have that connection, yeah. that chemistry, whatever. Yeah. So just focusing on that. The two, the other things I'd say, if you're a coach and uh, even if you're a debriefer, then we really believe in supervision. And uh-huh. so if you know that you've got a debrief coming up and you can go, you know, you can work with your supervisor so that you can have someone that you can talk to about how you'd set this up uh-huh. for success. You could debrief with someone as well. I think they're really important ways oh, of the support for yourself. Yeah. Yep. And sort of helps you to feel more confident if it's the first time that you're you're doing this. So that was one thing. The other thing I was gonna say, sometimes when I've done telephone based or, you know, sometimes it's useful to turn the visual off because oh. of the quality of what you get through listening where the pauses are, the tone, whether it changes, the pace. Sometimes you can pay more attention to those cues if you don't have the the visual. I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way, but I'd encourage people to think about it. Think about it, you know, and and experiment with them as as well. But I think it is possible to do it in a very supportive way that's effective Mm. and just have a process, understand that it's not going to be the same as just showing up in a room. And I think there's a bit more prep to do. It's interesting that I did have one 
coaching session where it was it was a third coaching session together with the person's manager and I knew both of them face to face we had done other mm-hmm. sessions with other people and stuff like that so I was pretty comfortable with them but one thing that came up for me is the connection was crap so the video like what yeah. would what would happen actually I was watching it and they had me on like a phone for one, so I'm propped up against a water glass or something on the table, which wasn't ideal. But it was also um, like the audio kept dropping out. So I'd be fine for a minute or two and they would drop out for 15 seconds and then come back. And the first time or whatever, so, oh, sorry, I dropped out for a second. Can you, can you yeah. repeat that? But it happened again and again and again. And I'm like, oh, crap, I can't keep asking them to repeat. And so I guess in that moment, it's either, look, it's not working. Let's hang up and call. And, yeah. And, talk and stare because you're better off being able to at least hear without the video than than just miss large chunks of it. I mean, the good thing was in that situation, the two of them were in the room together and largely they were driving the conversation. I was there to help help steer it and facilitate. And they were both up for that chat. So the manager was very good as well for doing that. But I imagine if particularly around a debrief or something, it's like, don't compromise if you if you're if dropping if you're dropping out and stuff. Yeah, you're better off going yeah. to the phone or yeah. or whatever stable yeah. connection there is versus. That's such a great point, Dom. And what I would say is put that in your email and your yeah. pre-call. Yeah, make sure that you've got a connection that works really well, and ask them to check the connection because it may be that they need to do it somewhere else mm. than when they were planning, or you know it's going to have to be done by phone, which mm. is not. Our, our preferred choice. But that's such a good point because sometimes the technology lets us down. Mm. And I think too, if the technology's okay, like the visual working okay, audio's cutting out, in a lot of VC kind of mediums now, you can turn the computer audio off and call mm. and do it via phone, mm. but have the visual. So mm. I think I'd encourage people, as you said, pause, let's stop. I don't know about you, but I can't actually hear you that well. Mm. Can we just stop and come up with a, a different plan? Yeah. Yeah. And just Rather call than it. keep sort of pushing through it. Yeah. Cause I did for a while. Cause I was like, oh, maybe it's just, you know, a drop out once, twice, yeah. but then it just kept happening. I was like, oh my God, this is yeah horrific. Yeah. You know, and then you start freaking out. And luckily that one, cause if it was the debrief, like one-on-one, that would have been a total disaster. Like at least a lot of it was them talking together, but yeah. Still, it's not ideal, so you've got to yeah. change. Yeah. yeah, and I think sometimes with the VC, it's such a part of our world, our life now, mm. that when it comes to debrief, we can probably be a little bit desensitized because it's just another meeting on mm. VC and it's not. Mm. So no, I think that's, that's the main thing I want to impress upon people is to take the tips that we've given in terms of preparation before a lot of what might happen that you're afraid might happen in a debrief can actually be circumvented or avoided if you do the prep beforehand. Yeah, Yeah. great tips. Great note to end on. Thanks, Corinne. That's um, really useful. I think, you know, to go back to where we started, face-to-face is always better, but understanding that sometimes it's out of our control, whatever, we have to do it remote. So these have been some really good tips if you're in that position how to approach it in the best way possible and set yourself and your client up for the best success. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Corinne. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. 
If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.